0: It's like a character stepping out of our computer game into our 3D world thinking, wow, this, this is what life really is. This is why. I think that's what it's going to be like for us when we step into heaven. We'll be stepping out of that 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 three-dimension. We have a two-dimensional game that we're playing. This We're in a three-dimensional hard drive, and we step out of it. All I could see was this light coming in. The Holy Spirit went. It blew into me. I have
1: never been the same since then. That was it. I'm done. I was born again. Welcome to the Weird Christian Podcast. I am your host, Samuel Delgado, and this is episode 23. I interviewed Jeff Rhodes. Jeff Rhodes is a pastor and former missionary with a PhD in Biblical Studies from Louisiana Baptist University. In this episode, we discuss many different topics from his book, The Bible, Dimensions, and the Spirit Realm, including... Quantum Entanglement, Ghost, Digital Universe, Relativity of Time, New Jerusalem, the Tesseract, our doorway to the higher dimension, and Spiritual Warfare. So, with no further ado, let's get weird. All right, so start out just by telling us a little bit about how you grew up and how you came to know Christ. All
0: right, I grew up in a suburb of Kansas City, Missouri, and we had a house in the city. We also had a farm, so I kind of grew up city and, and farm. My mom uh, grew up in church and always went to church, and my dad never did. So growing up, I was the youngest of the children, and my mom would take us to church most often. So I grew up attending church, but never really fully involved, just kind of a a casual attender. And so I'm hearing about God. Um, I made a profession of faith when I was about 12 years old. But then when I was about 13 or 14, once I had the decision to not go to church, I didn't go to church. I kind of strayed away from, uh, I, I read, I, you know, did a lot of things that I'm ashamed of and I kind of strayed away from uh, the, the narrow way. And then when I was 20, my um, I got married, my wife and I uh, were in our first year of marriage and a friend of mine who just got married invited my wife and I to a church and said so, you know we're married and, and we, we probably should go to church because I kind of grew up with that should go to church thing so I went to church and um after being there it was an up being a Baptist church it was Southern Baptist church and after being there a while hearing the pastor preach uh I remember sitting there I think it was a Sunday night thinking man there's no way I'm going to heaven I can't I mean I, I can't even go one day without cussing how in the world am I going to get into heaven there's just there's just no way and through the preaching and the Holy Spirit and the, and the word of God, I realized it wasn't how good I am, it's how good Jesus was, that he lived the perfect life and he did, it, he did it for me. And then he went beyond that. He paid for my sins on the cross and then he resurrected in victory over those sins. So all I needed to do was accept the gift of Jesus Christ dying for my sins and get, receive that gift and have salvation so salvations by grace and that we're saved by what he has done for us and then once that clicked in me i was all in i was 100 in following jesus i got baptized um, my wife and i both did she accepted christ earlier in life and, and we were just 100 in i really we went to young adults class and the they're, they're talking about bible books and i've never really paid attention to or even knew was there and i, I was really interested in um, a pastor said, "Hey, there's a college, Bible college in our in Kansas City called Calvary Bible College. Why don't you go take some classes there and 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 learn?" So I did that. I did 7:30, 8:30, and 9:30 classes because I worked at a restaurant and I had to be at work at 11 every day. So I just took every class they offered at 7:30, 8:30, 9:30. It was a fundamental uh, Bible pre- teaching and preaching church uh, uh, Bible college, so it was good. I got a good. Uh, foundation, and never really wanted to go into ministry. I just wanted to learn the Bible. But through that, got ministry opportunities, teaching the youth, teaching Sunday school classes, started preaching at a small church in uh, southern uh, Missouri, and God opened up door after door for me to be in the ministry. And eventually... I went in full-time ministry, left the restaurant business, the family restaurant business, went into full-time ministry at a church in Kansas City. And a couple of years after that, I was surrendered to going to El Salvador as a missionary. So my wife and I um, went and worked with a couple other missionary families in San Salvador, El Salvador, where we helped plant several churches and worked in Guatemala and Costa Rica and Honduras and... various and Nicaragua and some places like that then from there I, I, I came back here to Topeka Kansas it's a church that supported me my son was in Topeka and uh, I came, we came off the field and my uh, the, the pastor that I knew here hired me and I've been here for about eight years wow yeah
1: right on um so tell us about um this book and how how, how it came about
0: well, the book came about as a result of really a dissertation that I, was, uh, that I did for, for a degree that I, was, uh, that I received, and I would teach about, I was listening to, d- to different authors and different teachers, um, Chuck Missler in particular, who is from the Calvary Chapel movement, and he was, had, um, in, he was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, had a lot of teachings. He has a science background, and I was really interested in his teaching about angels and that angels are, are possibly in the, in the next dimension, and they kind of slip into our dimension. And as opposed to us thinking three-dimensionally, and we always think three-dimensionally, we're, uh, so we think of angels as just invisible kind of ghosts, and then they appear, and maybe they disappear. But this is the first time I've heard somebody teach the fact about higher dimensions, and, and how, you know, what are higher dimensions, so the more I, I, I kind of delved into that and listened to that, when I would teach a class on angels at church, I would use the flat man um, illustration. And the flat man illustration is that if if there was a, if I had a piece of paper and on that piece of paper I drew a stick figure and that, that's flat man. Well, if flat man's on this, on this piece of paper, uh, how, uh, how would he know what three dimensions is like? Let's say, you know, what's the fourth dimension? If there's angels are in the fourth dimension, we can't really think of four dimensions. We know three dimensions, but we just can't. You know, mathematically we can we can do four dimensions, but yeah. we can't really think in four dimensions. So, right. what would it be like to go from two dimensions to, to three dimensions? And I would use it. I would use the. I do have this in my book, but I would. This is this is what brought it about was me teaching that okay. Flat man lives in a plane. He doesn't know that I'm here. He doesn't know the surroundings around him. He just knows what intersects with his reality. If I stick a pin into his reality, he only sees what crisscrosses with that plane. He sees a circle. Yeah. And, and if he, if I put my fingers on there, he sees three dots. And, and they say, so, so it's very possible that angels are in that next dimension, and they slide into our dimension when God gives them permission or when they choose to do so, and they appear as three-dimensional. in in our and and that would always grab a lot of attention and I said and it's possible that heaven in the higher dimension is just right next to where we are so that's where it all started just for me teaching that in a class several times and I thought well if I ever go for my for a degree I would love to make that my dissertation so I could study it a little bit more yeah so as I started to do that my my goal was to get some geometry books because there's geometry in the fourth dimension. There's a lot of those things talking about what is a hypercube. And so as I was studying those and looking for that fourth dimension, I started looking at the theory of relativity and how it may be connected to it. And string theory really talks about other dimensions. So I I, I started looking at at string theory to see how it, and this, this book kind of developed from just only geometry and spatial to, uh, the theory of relativity, string theory, and then then I say, well, if, if um, the multidimensionality, okay, how is God multidimensional? How are angels multidimensional? Um, how is the Bible multidimensional? Because if, if God's in, in, that, in that higher dimension. So it starts out by, if we're a three-dimensional world, and we are created, then God has to be outside of that three dimensions, right? So there has to be a higher dimension for that, for God to be in, for him to create this. Mm-hmm. And then if he created the spiritual realm, well, then he has to be even farther outside of that realm to create that spiritual realm. Uh, so, and then if, and if he uh, communicates to us in our realm, then, then, then the Bible is really a cross-dimensional book. And that's why there's prophecy. So all this stuff started kind of sliding into place. And then I talked about where heaven is and hell is and about time and about spiritual warfare and a few other things on that. So, but it all started from me teaching about angels. That's where it all started.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's a fascinating subject. And um, it's funny you mentioned Chuck Missler because he's he's one that I actually, I think he was the very first one I ever heard uh, teach on, on a lot of things, actually um i know he was teaching about the nephilim and he he also taught i don't know if he taught hologram i know you mentioned like digital universe in in your book i i think he mentioned hologram and it was so bizarre when i first heard it like you said he has a scientific background it was so over my head um he's really intelligent and he comes up with you know but i remember at the time when i first heard this idea of hologram like what what is he talking, you know, just really kind it's of so hard out. to understand.
0: And I agree with you. I listened to his stuff and I have listened to two or three times because mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out, <laughs> you know, he's, he's a very intelligent guy. So I've listened to some guy gave me some, some teachings of his on Genesis and it just blew my mind. And the hologram was part of that. And yeah, I think there's, there's so much more. We're just thinking three-dimensionally. We just think in our little box. We don't, there's so much more to the universe and to life than, than our three-dimensional world.
1: Yeah, and so I love that you dedicated a whole work to it, uh, and did a really good job of sort of um giving us some of the science without without just completely blowing us over with it, um, and then just of course relating it back to our personal relationship that we have with God, um, and how we're connecting across those dimensions. So, uh, it's, it's really cool the way you wrote it. So, um, I kind of want to get into the nitty gritty of it. You You mentioned uh flat man which i think is really interesting and i I mentioned angels because we look at jesus resurrected body and how he just appears in the upper room you mentioned it he didn't go through the through the door so people you know they're always trying to speculate was he walking through walls that sort of thing but when you break it down with the flat man how how you just did you know you could take you know you're outside here in the third dimension you could take your finger and you could put it at one point in the paper leave, it would disappear. And then you can just go to a entirely different point of that paper and then just pop right back in. So if you mm-hmm. look at that same illustration with Jesus and his resurrected body, of course, outside of our dimension, he could just appear anywhere he, he would want to. Yes. Um, uh, so that's sort of how I'm understanding that.
0: Um, I guess that would be your assessment as well. Correct. Correct. Yes. That, because just like you, you have the you have the piece of paper and, and exactly what you said that you can go in any any direction because we're three dimensional not two dimensional. Now, four dimensional, they even have more. They even have more uh, of a way to do that somehow, because we just like the two dimensional. guy can't understand these three dimensions. We can't really understand those four dimensions. And that, that even goes into us. Not understanding God, the Trinity. I mean, there's just no way to understand the Trinity. We we has to be broken down so elementary for us, yeah. That that, that you know, that's that's the only thing we know is the elementary part of it.
1: Yeah. So you you mentioned that that uh, you know, outside of, um, well, within our three dimensions, we really don't have any way to understand fully the, the Trinity. So I, I sort of like, um, I like that you mentioned. I never really thought about that, and we, you, you kind of hear that, you know, we have a grasp, we have a concept for the Trinity. But it's yeah. always taught as, you know, we don't really know if we can fully get a grasp on this, mm-hmm. um, but I never really thought about it from, from our, our point of view, how that could potentially be, you know, a, a hindrance or a restriction on, on our understanding yes. uh, of the Trinity. So that, that was really interesting, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, so I lost, my, I lost my train of thought I had, had a follow-up, um, I think, on... On something you said that uh, sparked another question um, in me. But um, let's go. Actually, there it was it was a uh, this uh, idea of not being able to like really grasp the fourth dimension. I've heard that from people that have had near death experiences, and I've actually heard people. You know, these are believers and non believers alike that have actually described. You know, like lifting up, being outside of their body and looking down on their body, or you know, this this space. Uh, I've actually heard them describe, use the word hologram. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, I don't know if they have this understanding, but these are just words that they came up with. But I've also heard people that describe being able to see multiple aspects of a room at the same time, right? I'm right. limited within three dimensions. I can see just what's in what's in, in front of me, but they're saying that they could see all the way around. They see the front and the back, Um which, of course, just makes makes no sense um, unless you're in a higher dimension. Right. Um, so I want to go, I'm going to ask you about this later, but uh, one of the most interesting things you mentioned in your book was New Jerusalem, um, their speculation. know, we see the, the measurements of New Jerusalem, and um, it's often speculated as a cue. Yes. Uh, you know, some people will say it, it, could potent, it could also be a pyramid because it, they could also have the same length, width and height in in, in, right. a, in a pyramid as well. But you had a different take on it. What was your take on, on New Jerusalem?
0: My take on that was just somebody trying to describe a fourth dimensional object, kind of what you were just saying with the near death experience uh, and doing the best they can in doing that in a three dimensional uh, way. So I, I think it was a, a multidimensional uh, um. I think it's a multidimensional place, a multi-dimensional city that has uh, not just uh, uh, three dimensions, but four dimensions. And that's why it's described the way it is, because it's always described weird, right? Like this pyramid coming down or this cube is coming down and how we're all living stacked up. Like we we just see it as a big building that we're, and we Mm -hmm. have levels to. And maybe that's the case, but maybe it's just, he's trying to describe this. And it's not just, you know, uh, level one, level two, level three, level four, but it's multidimensional w- within that. And, and it's right at the end. It's, it, it's, it's in the new heavens. It's in the new, in the new Jerusalem. So there's a, a new creation at that point in time that is being introduced to our realm.
1: Yeah, I thought that was really interesting because I had never thought of it that way. I thought of it just like you said, um, cube comes down, um, you know, we got the gates, it's large and you know that there's room but you know when, when you put it with fourth dimensions it really expands it out to being a lot more room and it also really matches what we see in the text of new heaven new earth heaven coming down to earth so it makes sense if angels and god exist in higher dimensions for that higher dimension now being um here on the earth so that um i thought that was really really interesting. Um, and I studied a little bit about, t- I studied the subject a little bit, so I kind of had an idea of what a tesseract is, um, you know, we would, you know, represent it mostly as a cube, um, right. but it's, uh, and that, once again, matches what we see there, you know, in, in the scripture, so um, really, really interesting. Um, you had also a really interesting story in the book. Uh, ghost is is another subject that sort of, you know, fascinates me, because we sort of see the same sort of I shouldn't say the same sort of characteristics, you know, because we see with angels are actually manifesting uh, in flesh, whereas in some people think of angels as, as ghosts um, or, 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 or spirits. Um, and so, you know, I want you to talk to uh, talk about ghosts, what your assessment is that. And if you could share, there was an example in the book you gave uh, about Houdini. Uh, I thought that was really interesting, too.
0: Yeah. So I. What I really try to do in the book is keep everything tethered to the scripture and not violate scripture at all. I want somebody like a... John MacArthur to read this and not think I'm I'm crazy or that 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 there is at least conjecture that it here's the biblical principle and we have to come away from it just a little bit but we're staying in line with it. When I say conjecture, what I mean is that that you're not you're not violating the the line. Like if I say two, four, six, eight, you would say the next number is probably ten. You're going to guess that based upon upon what's happening so in in doing that we what we see in scripture with angels and we um, we we see them coming and going uh but but the world sometimes believes in things that are not biblical Uh, we don't see the ghost in the bible the closest thing that we see to a a, a ghost in the bible is when uh saul calls up calls up samuel and he's not a ghost that's he that's 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 Samuel that's coming up so so I would try to really divide between what is a biblical being and what is just uh, um, something that people believe in that's that's not biblical, and there are like with. With Houdini and, and that portion that I was in, I was right at the end of the theory of relativity. And the theory of relativity talked about time being elastic. And, the, and and that's where all the time travel movies came in. And that's where all this talk came in about the, the, the fourth dimension and how weird things can happen weird things do happen and we can communicate with the other side. And it really opened up a door for a lot of charlatans, uh, for a lot of people to... Uh, try to uh, do these seances and connect the dead connect with the dead and talk with the dead and talk with the ghost and houdini i think he was really seeking to talk to his dead mother and he saw people just frauds that doing parlor tricks because he was a magician so he 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 but he but he was open about that he was a musician these were people were trying to intentionally defraud others now when i get later on in the book i do talk about spiritual warfare so it is we don't mess with those Uh, demonic forces that are out there they're not ghosts but they are fallen angels and demons that that when we open ourselves up to that we're opening ourselves up to a demonic world that can uh, give a gateway to attack in 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 our life but there's a lot almost everybody believes in some kind of spiritual realm whether it's the dark side or ghost or you know here's something in the house do you think it's somebody you know uh, a, a ghost that's on but there's no evidence of any haunting in the bible uh, right that, from any ghost.
1: Yeah, um, if I remember correctly, uh, when Houdini was was trying to hear from his mother something that the psychic had said or the medium had said, um, yes. how did he know it was it, it was a fraud? So, so in that, and this
0: was uh, uh, this was the the wife of the guy who wrote uh, Sherlock Holmes was actually doing the seance. Um, hmm. uh, so the, uh, she wrote down, she was hearing from his wife, she was claiming that uh, Houdini's mom was talking to him, she was writing it down. Well, he said, my mom did not speak English. So she, he, uh, it couldn't have been his mom is what he said, because she has she did not know English, she would have wrote in Hungarian, I think it would have been uh, what her mother tongue was. So yeah. he knew it was a fraud and he knew, he knew she was just just making that up. Yes. And that was going on all over the t- all over the place at that point in time. There was all kinds of parlor tricks uh, happening and and uh, t- just for people to make money.
1: Sure. And, you know, I, I think it's probably um, if she's not making it up, she herself could be, you know, deceived, right?
0: Correct. She could be like- deceived and, and be deceived by the demonic realm, uh, by our own flesh, by our own... Uh, own desire and emotions to 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 see and hear something and then in in doing that when we that when we get away from the truth then we open ourselves up to the lives of the devil and satan's always lying he's not telling the truth so when we uh, when we open ourselves to any lie then we're opening ourselves up to demonic realm and give them we're giving them power in our lives
1: yeah yeah, so you said, we don't, the only example we see there is with the witch of Endor and, and Samuel, right, as you said, but um, they would have had a, a concept for a ghost because um, when Jesus you know, appeared, you know, he said, you know, hey, I'm not a ghost. Um, you yes. know, they had thought they had seen a ghost. So they had a concept for it. And we know that um, they were commanded not to contact the, the dead. So there'd be no reason to, to give a commandment if there wasn't something, um, something, something to that. Right. So you know, the question of who are they actually contacting, I think is really interesting because one, um, I think evidence that helps bolster uh, this idea that who you're contacting is you know, not your mother, your grandmother, uh, but is a demon or a, a fallen angel is that usually the messages that we get from these loved ones are not, hey, you need to repent and get right and, and, and fix your life up. It's usually uh, something that lines up with, with New Age. Um, it, it's, it's typically the, the kind of messages that we hear is this kind of all loving, um, you know, universalism type. Uh, or, or it's, uh, you know, we kind of hear all these different false doctrines coming out of it, like reincarnation and, and, and things like that. So, Yes. I think that's sort of, in a sense that you know, if you study the truth, they're, they're sort of tipping the hand there. We, we, we kind of see, you know, these ghosts truly—they're um, it's a deception.
0: Yeah, it is deception, and that would go back in a line with the rich man and Lazarus, right? He wanted to go back. He's go back exactly. and you know, and, t- and said, well, they have the they have the truth. They have the Bible. They have Moses' words, or they yeah. have the scriptures to tell them the truth. So that the truth is what we have to tether ourselves to, and, and trust, no matter what we see uh or or feel. Yeah.
1: And that's uh that's a really good point because really that's all it takes. That that's how you open a door is this desire. Uh in this case it could be to hear from a loved one, uh but that could be you know that could be with anything. You know, you could if you have a strong desire for you know fame or or money, um that could be also an open door. And that's part of why people kind of seek out maybe a medium or a psychic is they're they're just trying to get this um you know that this this thing that they want trying to hear from someone from another yes. realm and you know we don't need to do that yeah you know, we we have access to to God himself right we have Jesus Christ as our mediator. um so uh so I, I thought that was really interesting um and we, we're, we're talking about ghosts within this same subject area um, this is another really interesting thing uh, I'd like to sort of elaborate on um and try to keep it like as simple as possible to understand but I, I was talking to an atheist and this is a uh, part of why he believed um what he did uh he sort of had this idea you know he called himself an atheist but you know here he had this belief that you know he was like he was sort of a, like a god himself kind of thing and it was because of this observer paradox um mm-hmm. can you explain what the observer paradox is and and, and how that um is it best you can explain how that aligns with the
0: biblical worldview? Yeah, the observer paradox really is a, just a strange phenomena in science that is unexplainable, and that's when light acts like a wave, but it also uh, acts um, like, uh, you know, packets, packets of energy, and the best description of that is when they have done... Um, experiments with light and shot it through, you know, a slits in the in the wall, sometimes it will go through like bullets. And then sometimes it goes through like waves it, it depends and it really depends on if someone's observing it or not. If you're if there is being observed or if it's being filmed or if there's being uh, some able to to be watched, then it does one thing. And if it is not watched, it does another And my whole point. I have a lot of those weird things I talk about in the book. And, and part of that is just to say, science has some weird stuff that, 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 that happens. And I don't necessarily know the answer to it because the scientists don't know the answer to it. But one of their um, answers is, okay, there's a million different worlds and every possible, every possible scenario, it's kind of like Schroeder's cat. Is it dead or is it alive? Well, it, well it's both, you know, it's alive and it's dead if you haven't looked inside the box. And, well, um, the, the, those, kind of, those kind of things lead us to believe that there's, just, there's there's weird stuff happening. I think when it was all said and done for me, it made me think that we're living in a digital reality, that we're inside this, I don't want to call it a, a game. I don't want to call it because it, it, it makes it sound, but if we're in a computer hard drive, Everything that, we, all these evidence we see, we see electricity, we see things happening strange, we see, is it real or is it not real? Well, to me, the observer paradox is, it says that when you look at it, it's real, but then when you're not looking at it, it's not there. And there are super intelligent scientists that even Einstein, he made the statement, I'd like to believe the moon's really there if I'm not looking at it. And it just sounds strange, why is that? Why? Well, it, it, what if you were in a hard drive And nothing is real and there's just nothing i mean it's just it's just circuits it's a circuit board it's a giant circuit board that that god created um and i hate to go too far with this in the book i don't go too far with it because i don't want people to think i'm crazy and discount me um you know but there is a lot of evidence just all the scientific evidence saying, okay well in this in this um in this hard drive that we are well when when we see it, it's there, let's use, the, let's, let's use the big example. Let's say, let's get to the other side of the universe. We're never gonna to get to the other side of the universe. It will repopulate itself every when we get there. That's why we'll never find the others. And that's why it appears to be grown because we're just networked, the, the, the hard drive will continue populating itself as we get to that edge. Why can't we find the smallest thing? Why, why can't uh, we, we we're it's 2021 why can't we find the smallest of the atom we keep finding smaller parts and smaller parts and now we think it's possibly these vibrating strings that make everything up when really everything is nothingness that atoms are really just empty space for the most part they're just held together by electricity it's like we're in this electrified hard drive and that we're trying to figure out exactly where we're at and how this thing got created and and i think we, so when we see heaven we see this kind of foggy vague place that this is really the real place but when we get into heaven i'm not sure what it's, it's kind of foggy and it's vague where it'd be like us it's like a character stepping out of our computer game into our 3d world thinking wow this this is what life really is this is why I think that's what's going to be like for us when we step into heaven we'll be stepping out of that 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 three dimension we have a two-dimensional game that we're playing this we're in a three dimensional hard drive and we step out of it once again i hate to go too far with that i don't know i don't want people to i didn't i didn't want people to discredit me right off the bat but i but when you look at science and you add all these things up like the the um you know the uh the different uh, intelligent observer. And there's a few more of those things that um, it look, it's like we're in this game trying to figure out if it's, if it's a reality or not. And, yeah. you know, and, and so, so in that, in, when we step out of that, that would be stepping out to that, to that next dimension. And um, the spiritual dimension is a part of that hard drive. That's where I'm not sure, you know what I mean? And yeah. then if there's another dimension out, outside of that you know, I've often to you know, in string theory, there appears to be nine dimensions, you know, plus time, you know, I've always, three dimensions we live in, then you got the spiritual spiritual dimension, and then maybe you got heaven, and then you got hell, you know, I've, I've kind of toyed with that, but haven't really written that down or gone too much. Yeah. Like I say, I want to try to stay as tethered to the scripture so that I can be accepted by, by fundamental scholars.
1: Yeah, and like I said, you know, this idea of a hologram or digital universe or or whatever you want to call it, it it, it is very intimidating and the kind of the first kind of gut reaction is to sort of scoff at it and to to write it off, um, which is what I initially did until I sort of realized, well, wait, you know, there's a a lot of intelligent people that are coming to this understanding. and, And when you look at it, like you said, it's it, what it does is it does explain, um, a lot of what's unexplainable even if we can't explain it fully having um having that as a mechanism i think biblically at least we can see that we know our reality um is is not um it's a different reality than heaven where god resides so you know we, we, we can see that in the scripture and so knowing that uh, I, you know I don't think this concept of what you're describing is is too far-fetched you know even if we don't know exactly um, what to call it uh, you know we, we can see evidences that that we know there's a higher reality higher dimension outside of ourselves um, that we, kind of what you were explaining so another
0: you know speed of light goes along with that why is speed of light constant no matter what well if you're in this, Digital three dimensional hard drive. Well, electricity—that's what's running this thing. So that's and, and time would be flexible in that. It would be it would be because in this hard drive, the electricity is going to pr- goes all the way across it very very quickly. So I think there's a lot of clues, and that's just another one was clues the speed of light being constant, which just totally freaks the scientists out.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, that was my favorite chapter in the book. Uh, was time, and I, I, I want to get into that a, a little bit later. Um, but uh, quantum entanglement is something I know very little about. You mentioned it um, slightly uh, in, in the book, so can you give us like a like a, a dumbed down version of, of what it is?
0: Quantum entanglement is something I don't understand. I read about it, and, and and Chuck Missler talks a lot about it. But it's where it's where these molecules seem to be related and connected, no matter where they are in the universe. That 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 they they one spends, one will spin one way and the other will spin the other way, whether they're separated by by micro inch or they're separated by, by miles, or that there, there is these there is this unseen connection be- between molecules or atoms. Um, and that really sent, it really uh, makes scientists scratch their heads. They're not sure why. They're not sure why these these are entang- this. There's this entanglement of, of knowing exactly what's going on in another in in the pairs of of, of of atoms or pairs of molecules or and in that it's just another thing that points to the fact that uh, so so from that there are different reasons for that and there are crazy reasons for that. I, I really kind of use a few of those to say it's not crazy to say there's a spiritual realm. If you say there's many worlds out there i mean i list several different things that they say a mini world uh you know then then why if i say there's a spiritual realm out here do do people scoff at that but but um quantum entanglement is one of the things that's extremely difficult to understand and explain and that only the highest scientists use i just used a very basic part of the book to talk about it to explain the weirdness of science
1: yeah yeah i mean the reason why i think that's compelling is because um it's weird you do get this idea and, and you hear this um idea from from other world religion religions or or, or or ways of thought and world views um and you know even within christianity if you look at which this is kind of what i, I want to get to this later as well Maybe we can talk about it now. Um prayer really also sort of makes no sense either. But we're we're reaching out, we're talking, uh, often whether it's in our head or out loud, and we're connecting with uh, you know with the God who 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 we can't see. Um and so and that's gonna be true no matter no matter where we are, we're we're kind of crossing over those those dimensions. So sort of makes me think of, of that in a way and, and you know we have you know dreams and visions we see that in, in scripture as well uh sometimes those can be um things that are going to come to pass uh in our lifetimes or you know fairly shortly in, in amount of time and uh, you know we hear accounts of people you know waking up with a knowing that maybe their child's in danger or, or something like that um so there does seem to be uh, something going on with, uh, with our consciousness and um, in, in, in the way we interact with each other. Um, so I, I find that really interesting. Um, but outside of that, I, you know, I couldn't quite find a connection there with, with quantum entanglement. That's just kind of where my
0: mind went. Yes, um, and I, the entanglement for that part is everything being connected. That quantum, that quantum entanglement, the, 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 the really the premise of that is everything in the universe communicates a- a- and c- is connected together somehow. And I think that's where you're going with the prayer, the communicate because that, that's the communication part, that somehow these molecules, these atoms, no matter where they are in the universe, they seem to be communicating uh, with each other. That would go to two things. Number one, it would go to uh, evidence that we are in this giant three-dimensional digital hard drive and that we can communicate within it and beyond it. Yeah. And prayer is multi-dimensional. So, And prayer was, uh, what you mentioned, is a cross-dimensional thing because we're obviously praying to somebody, talking to somebody in another dimension. So that is one of the ways that God has given us to um. Uh, to communicate cross dimension, to communicate him in another dimension. That and worship. I mentioned worship is the other one.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it sort of makes me think about, um, you know, for me, the more you study science like this, you see design and you see, you know, just how unique, um, you know, the universe is and our -hmm. our planet is. Um, And sort of, you you get into some of that um, in the book as well, but um, it sort of, can be a roadmap to sort of even though we may not be able to fully explain miracles you know we can Mm -hmm. we can see a higher dimension at work when when we see miracle healings uh that just physically in our three-dimensional world we would define as impossible but for someone that's outside of this dimension um you know nothing would be impossible um you know
0: Yeah. And so on that miracles, I kind of came, I didn't write it in the book, but I kind of envisioned it. I think I, after writing the book, I think I can envision the fourth dimension a whole lot better than I could before. And part of that in the miracle. So what's helped me with that is the digital hard drive thing, whether it's right or wrong, it does help me see, because there's something, it'd be like me being here at my desk and I have a game that I'm playing. There's one dimension in this game. There's another dimension in this room. So it helps me picture that, yeah. And when we get to time we'll talk about that. But, but, but in this, you know, um, you know, it, it does. It, it helps me to 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 picture that that there's a there's a dimension. So in the miracles, um, the, what I pictured in there is uh, God reversing the curse, right? So maybe he he types in to the digital uh, program. Um, a, a a reversal to that so the miracle can happen why because he has access to the computer program and he can just he can erase that he can type in a blessing he can type in a curse he can type in a reversal to to that and then and that's why it will it will go against the laws or go against the the, the way the program i mean we live in a in a universe of laws and mathematics and everything's programmed but he is the programmer he can go in and he can reverse that program for that person yeah. or for this person or for that person.
1: Yeah. It's a really interesting way to think of it. Um, it kind of helps, uh, really does help to kind of wrap your mind around, Oh, of course, you, know, you can just go in and just, you know, change, change the program. And, you know, for those in the game, it
0: wouldn't really make any sense. So it might seem like. Yeah. You, you know, see this character- weird result <laughs> also like, Whoa, but behind the scenes, uh, him or an angel or somebody is typing in, uh, the code that, that overwrites what needed to be overwritten.
1: Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, so you, you mentioned the book, um, God manifesting, but this wasn't, uh, him in his real form. Uh, can you, can you talk about that a little bit?
0: The, I mentioned, I'm sorry, what God manifest.
1: Yeah. Manifesting, but not in
0: his real form. Um, uh, I, I have to remind myself on which chapter that was in. Um,
1: yeah, you might have, I and mean, we see in the transfiguration. Um, so, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe that's kind of like, in my mind, what I what I had kind of sort of pictured.
0: Um, so we see, uh, we see all these Christophanies. Um,
1: yes. So we see,
0: and and with that, so so going back to let's go back to the digital reality. So you have God in this higher dimension. Now He is going to enter into the game. He's coming into the program. So he 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 has himself inserted in. Through uh, through uh, uh, the Holy Spirit and and Mary, that he comes in. He's born into the game, and we see him born in. He comes in, so he manifests himself uh, into that now. When you talk about Christophanies, we see the angel of the Lord several times. So in in, in that, and I think I know uh, now, uh, I wanted to show different ways in the Bible that we're seeing cross dimensions. Or, 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 you know, not just a three-dimensional world, but when Christ comes from another dimension, he comes into our dimension, then he is manifesting himself in a three-dimensional form. Uh, Even though he's a four dimensional or five dimensional or six dimensional being not, you know, obviously not sure on that. And then the ultimate of that is him coming into the being part of the game, part of the reality part of the three dimensional digital reality He comes in. And I kind of use the analogy of because of a sin curse, because mankind sinned, now there is a virus in the in this digital reality that we let the this sin virus come in and corrupt things and it corrupts us. So he comes in to give remedy to that and to fix that, uh, that sin uh, curse, that sin uh, virus. I use this word sin virus in there to try to... Yeah. Uh, I, wanted people especially unbelievers to be able to read this and to kind of logically think through this and see how it can be logical yeah
1: no absolutely um it's really interesting too because we see you know jesus of course performing all sorts of different miracles you know things that just do not make any sense you know the the fish and the loaves and walking on water and he's he's able to hear people's thoughts in their heads um yes. so you know even you just kind of go on and on and on um but uh so it, it we you know we, we see that taking place and of course um once again cross dimension through the holy spirit you know we you know we were gifted uh to, to do the same things so it's yes. incredible
0: yeah because he the holy spirit's really what gave him the ability to do that here on earth coming upon him and we have access to, to some of that power in our, in our lives.
1: Absolutely. Um, so this is something, uh, I didn't have a chance to, to like re-dive into this, but this was something I read in, uh, Michael Heiser's Unseen Realm with mm-hmm. David uh, and, and Kila. And yes. it's a really, really interesting example how we, uh, sort of spark some conversation around, uh, predestination, free will. Um, but, but certainly we sort of see, um, potential different outcomes here. So uh, kind of explain uh, what's going on there uh, with David and Keila and how that kind of ties into, um, into the, the premise of the book.
0: Yeah, so I use the example of that God knows, the multidimensionality of God, God can know really what's going to happen and we know that from prophecy, because so he tells us what's going to happen, but he even knows potentially what could happen, and then didn't happen, and that one thing that I read from Michael Heiser's book that I really liked, and I elaborated a little bit different on it in my book, is this uh, example of Saul being in uh, the city of Keilah, and uh, Saul's coming to, to, to uh, capture him, or to, to, to kill him, actually, and he seeks, and he asks God, uh, if Saul's coming, and if the people of Keilah are going to give him up, and Saul and God says yes, Saul is coming to get you, and they are going to they're going to turn you over to him. Uh, so he goes ahead and leaves. He leaves that city, and then it did not happen. Saul didn't come, and they didn't give him up. So what what we saw God saying would happen did not happen because of an action that David did. So. It, it is one of those kind of wild things on, on uh, you know, as you said, on the sovereignty of God and, and our decisions and how our decisions impact it. But the biggest thing from that, I think, is we see that God can see all the potential options that can happen when decisions are made and he sees how it plays out. And maybe for a couple of reasons, maybe uh, uh, he it's already over, you know, for him. So he knows how it came out um, mm-hmm. and He's also, you know, bigger than us and and more and he can see the different potential outcomes of something. I think ultimately yeah. it's really because it's already over.
1: And so, well, I mean, if you're outside of time, yes. um So, you know, I've heard that explained as as parallel universes that you know we have, you know, sort of almost endless options, but only only one of those is actually going to. Uh, manifest or come to pass and that's based on on free will and that's just such an amazing example like you said God said this is you know this would happen and he goes a different way it doesn't happen Um, now of course you know an interesting thing we see in in scripture uh, is when and he did the same thing with David later when he's acting out judgment and he he gave David a choice on um, what that judgment would look like so he gets the choice Um, and, and yet, so, so we see God sovereign over that yet there's still free will within that. So it's sort of, I I feel like it's a lovely marrying of free will and predestination. And of course, if you're outside of of our time, you know, of course you would be completely sovereign and, you know, you're, you're going to reach this destination no matter what, no matter how much free will is is within that. Um, you know, we're, we're going to reach that. And, and, And once you for me, that gives me great comfort, uh, as a believer, because I know that God's always in control. There's nothing that could have stopped, you know, no matter how much Satan tried to keep, you know, Christ from, from coming, um, he, he would not be successful in that.
0: Right. Yes, you're absolutely right.
1: So yeah, that was, a, that was a really one of those, uh, it's a Samuel 21st, 20, Samuel 23, right?
0: I so think, the, yeah, I believe so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So if that's gonna, you know, look into that more, uh, that's just, one of those things that really blew my mind when I first read that, but um, it really helped my help me wrap my mind around kind of how free will works with, with predestination. Uh, one of the great examples I feel like that we yes. we see in, in scripture. Um, so so let's let's get into time. Um, maybe 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 we'll start just kind of like your assessment of it, and then I had some specific questions about kind of like okay. what you had theorized about time and how it works. Um, i on being general, but kind of just that walk us through kind of uh, how you see time fitting into, into
0: this. The chapter on time was the hardest chapter I had dealt with. I mean, it, I battled with it and read lots. Um, Arthur Custis, I ran across some of this guy's writings. I uh, got a Canadian guy and it was really enlightening and good, but there's so much on time that we don't understand because we live in time, and we only know our time, and how can God be outside of time? And a lot of times people say there's no time in heaven, but we know there's time in heaven because time is a series of events. So if, right. if, if a series of events happen, then time is taking place. So uh, so th- I did a couple different things in, in that. I talk, about, um, I talk about what time would like be like in heaven. You know, it's more the depth of it. Uh, t- time on earth. We usually think that, that there's time in heaven and time on earth, and it's both moving at the same time. Okay. And I don't think that's necessarily correct. Bec- and, and, and what helped me with that was, let's go back to the digital reality, being in the, in the digital game. So if I'm playing a game on my computer, and this maybe that maybe one day, it's one day for every minute on my computer, there's a certain time on that, in that reality that I have in there. But in where I'm sitting in my office, there's another time and, and they're, they're different times. And I can go back into that game at any place that I want. And maybe that game's even over. So I think the hard thing people have and that, that when I would bounce this off other scholars, they would say, yeah, but what about the 30 minutes of silence in heaven? Uh, what about, you know, they, there's always these different things. And I kind of came to the conclusion, OK, it depends on which angle you're looking at if I'm sitting in my chair at the game, then I'm, there's a certain time for me. But if I'm in the game, then I'm wherever that time is in that game. So yes, if I'm looking at, if if I'm looking up at heaven uh, from during the tribulation or, you know, then yes, there is, there is going to be, there's seven years and there's, or uh, it depends on where you find yourself in, in that. And I, I talk about Anybody who, I kind of came to the conclusion, and I believe that, when we die, we go straight to forward to the rapture. I, I and, and I kind of lay that out, because there's, Chuck Missler talks about that, Arthur Custis talks about that, because I had to deal with, we always deal with this problem of when we die, we go to be with Christ, we do know that, but we don't get our bodies till the rapture, right? So do we have a body in between? What about you know grandpa who died you know uh, 50 years ago um and the rapture's not going to happen for another 100 years there's 150 years in there where he has no body oh well we, we we talk about there's a temporal body maybe there's no scriptural proof for that but um or that um we're just kind of um our souls there you know what i mean but we don't have any body or some people say we soul sleep that but i think i think when we step out of the digital reality, then we are in whatever time it is in, in that place we stepped out of. So what time is it there? Honestly, don't know. I, I like to do the rapture because I get less, I, you know, I know we, because that's where we get the body at least, right? It could be past the rapture. It could be. It could be past the tribulation. It could be at the very end. I mean, I think when we die, we could all be having a giant reunion at the very end, end of time, and everything's over. But when we're in the in the digital reality, we are wherever it's at. And then we die, and and so I don't think we're up there waiting and pining away for those people who haven't who haven't died yet. So that was one of the things that I had never thought about. I had thought about it, but I hadn't done enough study to kind of prove it. And I think I kind of. I don't know if they approved it or not, but at least got a little more evidence for that. You know? And then in heaven, what is heaven? We always think of it as a long, 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 long time. Well, if we're in a multidimensional, uh, if, we have, if we have an extra dimension of time, I talk about, okay, we got an extra dimension of time, maybe we are enjoying the now because really there's nothing to look forward to in the future. And there's nothing in the past that, we ha- that we're running from or that, that we're sad about or anything we're just enjoying the now. Now there is time because things are happening. I'm going to go someplace. I'm going to do some stuff. Um, I'm talking. So that takes time. So there's time in heaven, but time, but we're, we're living in the eternal now. Where there's And I also use the example of entropy. Here in, on earth, we know time is taking place because things are winding down. I'm getting older. I'm waiting to retire. I'm, I'm ashamed that I did something in the past i am i'm we're 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 running from something and we're running to something but in heaven we're not running from anything or we're not running to there's no entropy nothing is winding down nothing is getting worse uh we're nothing's getting better everything's perfect and so yes there's time but we're just in the eternal now of of heaven
1: it's really yeah i had to I listened to the audiobook. I had to listen to the chapter on time two times, maybe even three times. <laughs> Kept like going back and, yeah. was, and, and trying to wrap my ra- my, my brain about uh, around it. It's because, um, you know, we're 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 just we're we're in this linear time, and so the concept of anything else it's a uh, it's it's a challenge uh, yes. to to get your mind to go there. Um, it's best so I want to go back to what you mentioned about the rapture. You have some more follow-up questions on this, but as best as you can, how, how would you explain
0: relativity? Relativity is is the um, is the fact that time uh, is is flexible and it's relative to to um, to whatever's moving ar- around us. That if something you know is uh, we, we have to there has to be a comparative. Of, of some kind, you know, that, that, um, you know, when, so when Einstein had the theory of relativity, it was a very simple equation, but, it, but the equation was that, that time is the one that's moving because, uh, because light is a constant. So, so when we, when we change the, sp- our, uh, mass, then that changes that that changes time and theoretically if we could go if we could go this this speed of light then time would stand still time would get the faster we go to the to the speed of light the the um the 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 slower time gets until theoretically it would stand still but we can't move the speed of light and that's where I talk about well but God is light and is and I thought that hype you know that example of is could time be standing still for God since god god is light light. But the, the, the theory of relativity is just it, that, that things are relative and the relativity is not is, is that time can shrink. It's a fabric. It, it, it's, it's shorter or longer. We don't experience it because um, the only example like Chuck Missler gives is the difference between time at sea level and time you know, at, 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 at you know, two miles or three miles above is just a little bit different. So they know that time time is a little bit different but that the, the biggest thing that that uh, theory of relativity brought was that time was not a constant and we yeah. we still are not sure actually you know what to do with that
1: yeah it's really it's a really interesting thing i mean i i know i've had someone uh on the show who had a near-death experience that was one thing that he said I actually was asking about how long he was there, like on Earth time, it was how I presented the question. Like, how long were you pronounce to be dead um, here on Earth? But he was in his mind was thinking, how long was he in heaven? He he said, he said it might as well have been eternity. That, that was his words because he said he really couldn't
0: mm-hmm.
1: couldn't tell you how long it was. I said, there's like kind of almost no concept of of our time. Uh, passing as as it was um, and then we see in the you know I don't know if, if you're f- familiar with, with the subject area of alien uh, abduction but there's always when you see missing time there always seems to be and even I think you maybe mentioned it in dreams as well mm-hmm. yeah. how we experience time is completely different from how it's passing here um, that in our dreams you know we always I could take a, a, a five minute nap and doze off and I could experience um, a whole afternoon uh, yes. in my dream, but I wake up and only five minutes have passed. And we even see, um, you know, some like I said, in the abduction uh, phenomenon, people would experience you know, a lot of time to come back and see, or maybe little time to come back to see maybe more time has passed. So it's, uh, it's really interesting to see you know, that idea of get out, getting outside of this dimension that time really just doesn't follow the same, the same rules. Right. And we have this idea too of, 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 of uh like time moving slower, time moving fast. And I think I interviewed Stan Deo, he talked about um time dilation. But at the very least, one thing he wrote about is that you know we when we're at low energy, um you know, we see time sort of dragging as as our experience of it. But if we're doing something high energy, um Time seems to move faster, and so even it's weird how um, we can experience time um, different depending on on really what we're doing. But that's a phenomenon Mm. everyone experiences. I mean, you know, everyone can relate to that. Everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about, even though we know it's passing at at the same pace for everyone. Um, The way we experience time, it, it it certainly does. We can say, "Wow, that flew by," or we can say, "Man, it seems like I've been here forever." You know, and when I'm waiting for my steak to come out and I'm starving you know that five minutes is like
0: yes. you know, a lot longer
1: <laughs> yeah. um yeah or you know five minutes at a concert is like you know I feel like I just walked in the door so it, 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 it's weird um it, it, it's what's one of those weird weird things but um so you mentioned soul sleep and, and for my this is my understanding of, of soul sleep is that uh, and I don't agree with it um not that you know I think there's a, you, there's some scriptural basis where you could make this argument, so I'm not you know um but i from my understanding of it is that um you know your your soul just basically goes to sleep um and most people that, that teach this is because they refer to kind of all the references of, of sleeping uh, the same references as we you know see as, as someone that's dead is that that person is sleeping um right. and so I think their beliefs are is that um essentially you know it's almost like like a dream in a sense when we go to sleep um we just kind of wake up later and we don't have any like account for this like time that has passed just one moment we were awake uh, and then we were awake again um and i think that's their that's their concept of of what happens to us so you know it's sort of shocking us when you hear about soul sleep um but i think their belief is that the same thing, there would be no time that passes. So when you die, essentially, boom, you're at the rapture. So when you sort of had that same concept, it sort of, um, do you have that same idea or how is that different from, from the concept of soul sleep?
0: I think soul sleep, the time still passing, but they're asleep. I think that from, from mine is I'm teaching that, that when they, that it's, it, you're immediately at, at the rapture. Cause you've stepped out of one realm and you're looking back to the other realm mm-hmm. and we're all, you know, at the rapture, getting our resurrected bodies at the same time, as opposed to they're in the ground, they're sleeping, everybody's, you know, time, I think that goes back to, they're seeing everything three-dimensional. They're seeing heaven three-dimensional. So everything's happening at the same time. So they're sleeping through those thousand years, those 1500 years, those 500 years where I don't, I think it's immediate. You die, you're immediately with your loved ones.
1: Wow! Are wow! Yeah, that's, and and so, what was your
0: basis for that? Just to elaborate, um, how you came. Uh, the to basis it. was, you know, there's there's not a lot, you know, what I mean, but it is. We seemed in, in Paul in Second Corinthians. Uh, it, it, Paul says we are. Um, we seem to have our body. You know, we're not. We're, we are not. Um, we are not uh, naked. Uh, we have a tent, not made with hands. So. So we have some kind of a body now, whether then some people say well, maybe it's a temporary body, but but either when we die, we get a body, so if we have a body then and, and if we don't get it till the rapture, then it must happen then then the rapture must be happening you know right that's yeah. the uh, um and I think it's in second Corinthians uh, five if I remember correctly it's in second Corinthians,
1: yeah, yeah fifteen yeah. fifteen yes um yes, yeah I, I see what you're saying now,
0: yeah um Yeah, that makes sense. So, we're so not we're naked, bodices. we're not unclothed, we're not unbodied. That's that, yes, you're going to have a body. So, that's the main, that's the text uh for that. And you know, but even without that, there's just it's a lot of guesswork going in there. But I think that says, yes, we got a body. So, then how do we got that? So, now we got that and say, how do we get that body? Well, uh we get it at the resurrection. So, maybe the resurrection happens at the time because that's how they get connected together.
1: Yeah. Um, so, regardless of where you are on Earth's timeline. So, you know, Noah, wherever, you know, wherever you are in the timeline, we're all kind of catching up um, yes. at the rapture because that's the
0: moment. Um, yes. And I know. try to, and I quote several people on, uh, you know, Chuck Misler and Arthur Custis, and maybe even another one, because I, I do a lot of quoting in the book because I want people to think that this is not, I'm not a scientist. You know what I mean? I am not, I'm a, I'm a Bible scholar, but this is not me thinking this up. I mean, there's, there's more intelligent men than me that believe this and I'm taking the different pieces and then just arranging them in order. Uh, And that's, and that's what I do uh, through this. And that's why I quote so many times, even when I was looking at, you know, a publisher for this, a lot of them just said, you got so many quotes in here. You know what I mean? We just, they they don't want to chase all those down, but I feel like the quoting is is necessary for me to quote these different professionals and authorities on on these different things that I'm not just making this stuff up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's necessary. I I, I enjoyed um, you know seeing where your your resources where you're pulling um, this sort of thing from. So I, I'm just I'm in mean, that sort of continue on that line of thinking for, for a second, just to hear kind of your thoughts. Um, So one thought that's coming to mind, obviously Christ is resurrected. Um, He is returning is, is, uh, how is, how is this concept of time working? Um, I mean, you you know, I guess, you know, Christ is God. So is this, he's outside of that. Um, Is that sort of the same and sort of understand for, for God being outside of time with him being resurrected and that sort of time that's passing between his first and second advent
0: yes it, it is and, and it kind of goes back to, to to how I can wrap my brains around it a little bit is which angle are you looking from it are you in are you in the digital reality looking back up at it or are you outside of that digital reality in that spiritual realm or next realm looking down at uh, at it to go back in and that's why i think it from the outside looking back at the digital reality it's a great possibility it's all done i mean it it, you know and but if you're inside it it's not done you're waiting for that rapture then you're waiting for the next thing and then and so it depends on if you're looking up at it or down at it where where christ is at Hmm.
1: really that that rapture point that's sort of like where where, where, where time sort of meets um, yes
0: yeah and then there's a cut. then there's earth and heaven seem to be uh, doing things at the same time at that point in time right you've got you've got seven years of tribulation and those that's um, there's things and heaven happening and there's things or there's things in the spiritual realm happening and there's things in the three-dimensional realm happening at the same time
1: yeah because yeah, then we see uh, the fifth seal with the martyrs. And they're asking how much more time, yes. how much more time they're giving the white robes and, yes. and
0: told to wait. So, um, and See, course, the real question way, there is, is, and is to add a little angle to it is we have, we're in this three dimensional digital reality. Is, this, is the fourth dimension spiritual reality connected to that? And then the, the new heavens and new earth ultimately outside of that and And done, so so you've got the spiritual reality and the three dimensionality that, that that's happening kind at the same time um, you know that's where i never did I never could really pin that pin that down in my mind exactly how that was
1: yeah, so I was thinking fifth seal, you know some people would put that um post rapture, but some people would put that um pre uh depending on kind of your view on the on the yeah seal. there's lots of different
0: views on the end times yeah in that uh, Hmm. i'm a, um, a rapture guy on that
1: and, and you would place that um just just curious uh you would, would you place that pre-tribulation rapture having before the, the the first seal or like it, yes. the sixth seal before,
0: I, before. yeah before. I, I'd have, you have as we're ca- as as they're called up i think it's in revelation four you know is he called up that's where that would happen. And then, then everything would be start, start uh, clicking off at that point in time. Yeah. So open the seal at that point. Yep. Um, the,
1: I sort of see the first resurrection that's mentioned in, uh, revelation 20 happening in phases because we see a resurrection happening, uh, at Christ's crucifixion, there was a resurrection. You see, you know, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, there's a, a resurrection. And then, in Revelation twenty, we see those that were martyred uh, within that tribulation period. There's a resurrection. This is the first resurrection. So I, I sort of see that um, it's not saying necessarily that the, the the first resurrection all happened at once at that one given time, but that was essentially right. the last phase of the first resurrection.
0: I would agree with that. Yes. Um,
1: so for those that were resurrected at Christ's first advent, do you do you see that? And th- this may just be speculation. Um, were they then i mean cuz we're everyone's appointed to die once right so were they resurrected walked and then raptured is that your your analysis of, of that those that
0: were resurrected at that time i think so that's a tough one that's a tough one i think they i think they were raptured out part of the first fruits uh, possibly of that and i do think when the, the first resur- i think you're absolutely right first resurrection is any is is the saved resurrection so there are different phases of that you're you're right and so when they say first the the saved resurrection anybody who's saved and that and the first ones were when with christ and that's the first fruits but those are some tough tough verses there to know exactly what what happened um and because they don't say they're kind of silent on what and if they're raptured or what, right? You know, yeah, you
1: know. yeah. I think they were said they were, they were seen by, by people, so they were clearly, yes, uh, on
0: earth, you yes. Know. Um, you I know. think they had to be raptured and gone because we would hear more about They would be, they would, um, uh, there'd be some writings about them, they'd be pretty famous, right? You know, um, right. And they're, they're, we don't hear anything about them, they're gone, so they're, yeah, they, I think I would consider that part of the first fruits of christ resurrection.
1: Yeah, hmm. it's interesting. We have Lazarus as well. I don't, you know, really, really think about. It. There's, you know, there's a couple other examples of resurrections. Um, yeah, I think res- his was a temporal
0: resurrection, of uh, reversing the uh, the the, uh, uh, the curse, uh, and I think he ended up dying. I don't think he would be raptured. I think he would have yeah. died. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that would lived, be lived different, out probably, than the ones you just described. Yes.
1: Yeah, I think that's a picture of, uh, I think that's a picture of Israel. Uh, at least in my mind, when I see Lazarus being resurrected, I think that's a picture of Israel. And the uh, Martha and Mary coming out, a picture of the rapture and the, um, and the resurrection.
0: Yeah, that's good. Um,
1: they ran out uh, ahead of time. Well, Mary first, I think. I can't remember. Was Mary, and Martha? Mary ran out first, and Martha came after. Um, being a picture of the the dead in Christ rising first, um, then the rapture, and then of course uh, we see what would happen after after you know the rapture for those that believe in pre or rapture we see a rapture and then we see essentially the resurrection of, of Israel. Yes. Um so I think I think that's a I think that's all kind of a, a type uh a type of what we're gonna see play out in the end times. Um cool. All right so um that that definitely answers my question about uh kind of the difference in uh, soul sleep. I think it's interesting. Yes
0: uh, I think
1: it's really interesting. Um and you definitely have to account for, like you said, being outside of time, uh, you know, what, what that actually looks like um, when we die. So I think that uh, it's really interesting. Um,
0: I do want to say I, on, the, on, on the same concept of time and then even in, in this digital reality, I, I think for some people um, that, that have, have a hard time with creation, which I don't, but some people do, if this is a digital reality of creation, simple. I mean, God hit the inner button six times and he created, I mean, just like we create stuff, he created this reality uh, in there. And so it didn't happen to happen billions of years ago. Uh, it, it, and, and things were created in, it, with the light being all the way across the universe and this stuff, you know, it was just boom, it's created right there, you know. Uh, and, and so there's, in talking about time, it didn't take a lot of time. It took, it took six clicks of the inner button for for God to, you know, make that happen.
1: Yeah, interesting. I, I just read about creation today in my, my quiet time. And we see, um, even with, with the vegetation, that uh, he, he, he called that out, um, spoke it, and it, it came about. And there was day and there was night. So we see just within, you know, what I believe is a 24-hour period, we see all that vegetation, the same thing with the... Animals for each day, uh, all that kind of came about, which is' yes. um, is not natural for like a, you know a, a tree or something like that. you know we know it takes that takes time, but right. being outside, we see that he um, he spoke um and there were animals so it's, it's it's pretty incredible to think about you know how vast the oceans are and the sky and the heavens are, and to see that those are populated with 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 birds and fish um. But you know, once again, we're we're talking about someone that's literally creating the the dimensions at, at, at that point, really. Um, yes, uh, so it's, it's pretty incredible. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the spiritual warfare because you you get into that, uh, and specifically talking about taking every thought captive. So, how does this tie into to to higher dimensions?
0: So, uh, it really um, because of prayer and worship, we are spiritually or mentally, you know, accessing that, that next dimension where God is, and this sp- spiritual warfare, somehow Satan and, and, and the demons, I don't know, they have, have access to our brains. I don't think they do. They don't have access to to, to coming in, inside our heads, but they have access to placing things in, in our minds, or our minds somehow... Cr- cross this dimension and there's some crisscross that's happening in there somehow i'm not sure but the bible makes it very clear that to uh, spiritual warfare is done uh, with our minds and that is with truth to understanding truth and to to uh, you know i use several examples of that with uh, and i was just listening to that today uh, with these strongholds you know that that we have uh, you know, I say there's strongholds casting down imaginations. So many times people will, will see these as, as we got to take the, we have to speak this to Satan. We have to speak these to these demons. We have to speak that, that these are the strongholds are these demons or these angels where these strongholds are the thoughts that keep us captive. Mm-hmm. And we combat that with, with, um, with believing truth and understanding truth. That's why the word of God is so, so imperative. And, you know, a stronghold can be an attitude. It can be worry. It can be seeking approval. It can be anything that that we place in our life that that is an idol. It's not just, it's not an angel necessarily. It's uh, something we allow that angel, that that evil angel to have access and to, to allow to be a stronghold in our life. Casting down imaginations, uh, that exalt themselves against God, so that once again it's it's to it's to the mind and bringing every thought into captivity. Once again, you see over and over again, and, and I didn't really until I was studying this book. I was, it all has to do with the mind. It's 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 understanding truth, and we combat with that truth.
1: Yeah, it's really that, that kind of really makes the, this work that you have here very practical, and you know we see that it's very sound and and, and simple um and that's the importance of memorizing scripture and meditating on scripture because these thoughts do seem to be coming outside of ourselves and and, and as I mentioned earlier if if we open doors to the demonic realm obviously that's how sometimes how it manifests itself with these severe heavy thoughts of um self-hatred or depression, or anxiety, um, insecurity. Any and, and all this is really happening in our minds. Yes. And and how how do we how do we how do we get out of that? Well, we have to right. speak. We have to speak truth. We have to come against it. Um, we have to take that thought captive. Um, and uh, and it's it's about getting these spiritual truths embedded into our minds so that we can um so we can see the lie and for for what it is you know yes. even though there there are thoughts we have to we have to recognize that that doesn't line up with with truth what we know yeah. it, it is true so it's about saying no be anxious for nothing um it's about saying you know no be me you know pure um and in righteous as i am righteous you know whatever it may be we have to speak that truth um uh so i think that, that that was really really powerful um but i, I think you're right uh, i think there's there's a, a lot of evidence to see um you know and that's i think something that any believer could give account to and we see that you know throughout scripture um and you know even specifically looking at ephesians six about spiritual warfare we were told yes. that the the word the spirit uh, is, is our offensive weapon. And, and when we would look at Christ when he was tempted uh, by Satan. Um, you know, Satan tried to twist scripture, you know, in, or, or tried to uh, provoke, uh, you know, Christ with, with, with scripture. And he quoted scripture. um yes. to, to come back at that. So, you know, we see Christ modeled that, uh, you know, how to,
0: how to engage in spiritual work or with truth. Yes. Yeah, the, and deception is Satan's tool. He wants to deceive us. And then in that deception is where he gets the foothold. And then I, I really quote, and I like uh, Tony Evans. Uh, he has a, a book on spiritual warfare, and man, he really nails it down on, uh, on various uh, ways that Satan. We, we give Satan permission to, to um, come into our lives and to rule in our lives and the truth is what what gets him out and give and places christ as the uh, ruler of our life
1: yeah absolutely um all right so you know there's some other other things i really loved about about your book uh i don't know if we have uh time to talk about what you really got into um you know, evolution and missing links and the right reliability of the Bible. And I really love that um, uh, as well. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll give you a chance to to speak out uh, anything else that you, you want to uh, as far as your book goes. And then I want to transition to our closing segment.
0: Okay. Yeah, well, the book kind of took on a, a journey of its own when I kind of looked at, you know, here's what science and science points to all these weird things. And i'll be honest with you i don't understand a lot of the science stuff i'm not a scientist but i do take these quotes from these scientists that point to these things which is string theory and the theory of relativity and and uh, quantum weirdness you know and entanglement and uh, and and those things point to things that okay if, if they can look at this weirdness then then me saying there's a spiritual realm is is not too far out and if, if, if there is a spiritual realm, then there's probably a creator that created us. And if that create, so if there's a creator, because I look at, you know, evolution says we blew up and we're here and, and that's, there's a remote possibility of that. Uh, but this doesn't seem like the result of a gigantic explosion. This seems like somebody's out there that designed this, that, that we're, you know, we have an I, if I have an iPhone, somebody designed that and the world is a lot more technical than an iPhone. So you know somebody probably designed that. Well, who who designed this place? And that, so then I said, well, he, that guy probably uh, taught. He probably communicated to us somehow. He he to let us know. And so, what's the different communications we have from these higher beings? Well, you know, well the Bible seems to be the one that would be that 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 fits the bill for being the most authentic and something that's um, prophetic and being. Uh, you know, being a, a message from this this creator. So let's look at this Bible and let's see what it says and let's, let, let's try to understand what's going on uh, in there. So that's why I took time to, to to kind of prove a little bit about why I think we have a creator and his name is God, because there's going to be, I want some people to read this uh, who maybe not are believers and, and, and they, they go, okay, I may not agree with that, but, I, but he makes a sound argument. And then the, the Bible being true, you know, that's always attacked. And I was like, well, there's a lot of good evidence to say that this is this this book is truth and prophecy is number one on that. And then talk about angels and and you know there, the, the angels, you know, uh, Mormonism and um, Islam both claim angels brought them a message. You know. It's either fabrication or it was an angel, angel and it wasn't a God angel. It was the, it was an evil angel that because it doesn't match up with the truth uh, that that is in the Bible. So I try to lay a lot of these little little pieces down so that uh, people can uh, see not only is it cross-dimensional, but it lays down a pattern to like, okay. And then I talk about angels a little bit. And then angels are very difficult. You get all kinds of weird stuff about angels all over the Internet and everybody writes books on it. Angels are tough. Why? Because you got this, let's say we got this giant mural uh, and, but we get this little, we get a little piece here and we get a little piece here and we get a little piece here and a little piece here. And then we start filling in the blanks around these little pieces. Uh, so we just learn a little bit about angels it'd be like it'd be like somebody come to the united states from another from another world and they see, see a little something happening and you know in washington dc and something happening in the middle of the midwest and something happening in another country. and they make all these determinations based upon 30 little scenes that they see happening in the world sometimes we fill them fill in the blanks correctly and sometimes we don't you know what i mean we just yeah you know, you you don't know. So, so I tried to really stay true to what we, what we do know on that, that angels do it, and then talk about, you know, evil angels. And, and uh, so I, I really tried to build a a pyramid and work my way up and then like you said at the end I try to do some application How, why is this important well for spiritual warfare for prayer you know when we pray we are immediately we can be spiritually in the presence of God in his office I many times I'll picture myself in God's office you know and I and but that I am talking to him most of the time when people pray they're praying to other people about God but we're we're in his office spiritually when we pray or when we worship when we come to God with a with a true heart we are in his presence spiritually at that moment and we have access to him so that's kind of the progression of what i tried to do in the book
1: yeah yeah i love that absolutely and if you look at just your basic spiritual disciplines quiet time of you know we're hearing from God in his word that's supernatural you talked about the prophecies specifically in daniel and how that you know proves that uh, what we're what we're getting here is something that's uh, from from God, um, mm-hmm. prayer, and you know we're so we're now reaching out to God, uh, and you know we're we're hearing from God. We're reaching back out to God and in, in worship, um, giving adoration. All this is 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 it's simple, um, but that is life changing because what we're doing is we're we're uh, connecting to to our Creator um he loves us and um you know, you know promise to 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 answer those prayers you know that, that they're within his will um he's faithful so um yeah i love that um so let's switch gears um sure. get into the closing segment mm-hmm. um tv shows movies music and books
0: okay tv shows right now uh, i love true crime and documentaries i'm just kind of just I, I watch all the datelines that come out uh, yeah. i like that problem solving stuff i like listening to uh the, i like um you know watching documentaries uh dateline let's see 48 hours homicide hunter i really love love homicide hunter watched watched all of that and then just for you know for entertainment friends and the office lost the, the movie Lost, a show Lost. I didn't watch it until much later. My son gave it to me on DVD and said, man, you gotta watch this. <laughs> it just It blew my mind. I really liked uh, the, the show Lost. Um, then, uh, let's see, movies, Raiders of the Lost Ark, all kind of old school stuff, Star Wars, cowboy movies with Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, Back to the Future series, you know, like that. Um, uh, mu- you know, um, music, uh, I'm probably... Old school again with Mercy Me and Casting Crowns. That's my two that I, I go to uh, mm-hmm. all the time. And worship music. You know, they used to have Wow Worship. You know, years ago, and I really like the, yeah. the Wow Worship. Yeah. If I'm listening to secular music, I'm listening to the big eighties. Uh, I like big eighties and some seventies music, but I really right like the big eighties because that, that was my that was my time frame. Yeah, right on. Uh, books, uh, books. You know, man, I, I have a lot of books that i and I tried to think what books would I because there's a ton of them. So I try to think, what's some books that I gave away that I'd liked enough that I would give those books away. And the, yeah. probably the book that I have given away the most is The Normal Christian Life by Watchman I uh, I don't know if you've ever read that book, but it you either love it or you don't, uh, but it was a life-changing book. It was probably one of the books that had the most impact on me, except for the Bible, obviously, um, in giving me victory over, over sin in my life and helping me you know, to, to understand the crucified life and living the crucified life. After that, Total Forgiveness by R.T. Kendall and Prayer of Jabez by Bruce Wilkinson. Um, If you want to walk on water, you got to get out of the boat by John Ortberg. Seizing Your Divine Moment. It's also retitled Chasing Daylight by Irwin Raphael McManus. That was a great book inspiration in my in my life. Um, The Life You've Always Wanted, Spiritual Disciplines for Ordinary People by John Ortberg. Trusting God, Even When It Hurts by Jerry Bridges. Great book. Just Do Something, A Liberating Approach to Finding God's Will, Kevin DeYoung. Those are all Christian living books, and those are ones that I've given or recommended you know, people to have.
1: Yeah, right on. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yes. Uh, so uh, the, the Bible now, you have a favorite character, favorite book, and uh, a verse?
0: So my favorite character would probably, you know, besides Christ, obviously would be an Apostle Paul. Just, Just seeing him... And you're able to see so much of what he does and his life and how he spread the gospel and, uh, you know, just planted all those churches and made an impact. And and I'm probably a Christian because of what Paul did, you know, several thousand years ago. Uh, Favorite book of the Bible, probably Genesis. I like Genesis. And if I, and New Testament, John, uh, I, those are, I try to think, you know, what ones have I, do I enjoy teaching the most? And Genesis yeah. I enjoy teaching the most and John is always a go to book for me to, to yeah. enjoy teaching. Favorite verse is uh John 14:6 you know Jesus said I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me. My heart is evangelism my heart is to tell people about Christ. That's one of the things I did in the book and I wanted to do in the book is give the pop- people an opportunity at the very end to to see who Christ is and accept Christ. I, mean, I was a missionary in El Salvador and gave the gospel thousands of times and so lots of people saved. And my goal is to see, is, to, is for people to come to Christ. That's, that's my ultimate goal in life.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I'll lead you into that for our next question. Uh, give us the gospel in one minute or less. The gospel that
0: Jesus Christ lived the perfect life. He died on the cross for our sins and he rose again in victory over that, over our sins. We can't be good enough. We can't, you know, so in order to get into heaven, you can't take sins into heaven. So how do we get rid of our sins? That's the real issue. How do I get rid of my sins so I can go into heaven with no sins? Do I can I pay enough money to make my sins go away? No. Can I go to church enough to make my sins go away? No. Can I do enough good works to make my sins go away? No. You can't do anything to make your sins go away. But Jesus did something to make our sins go away. He paid for them. So more for me to make my sins go away, I have to have my sins forgiven. My sins have to be forgiven, and they can only be forgiven through Jesus Christ, and he will forgive your sins if you ask him to, that if you acknowledge that he is God in the flesh, that he died for your sins, and that uh, he rose again, you accept him as your savior, he will forgive your sins. All you got to do is say, Lord, please forgive me of my sins, and poof, they're gone.
1: And kind of keeping with the theme of your book, Jesus referred to himself as the door. He's our gateway into the higher dimension. Yes. Um, Awesome. So what'd you like to do for fun?
0: You know, I, uh, I, I ride bicycle. I run, I used to run marathons and half marathons. My body's a little more broken up now, but I do run and ride my bike um, each week and, um, and then spend time with family. That's my, that's what I do for fun. Yep. Right on.
1: Um, okay. So I think this uh, will be our last question. If you could, um, visit uh, any event in the bible as a
0: spectator what would be your, your top five i thought that was a good question and there was so i would want to i'd want to see creation i'd want to see that <laughs> want, i'd like to see all six days if i could and mm-hmm. uh, and then i'd like to um observe the flood but not necessarily be part of it because yeah. i think that's such an important uh event that is crucial and that flood is what made me become a creationist when i took genesis uh class and i understood okay wow um then the birth of christ it'd be pretty cool to be there and just to be a spectator there resurrection of jesus christ got to do that and then the next one was so those four were pretty easy for me and the last one i would be you know i think i'd like to be there with john when he got the revelation on the lord's day and just to see what was going on there, what's happening, Did, you know uh, I, you know if he's having it and I can't see it, I'd like to be part of it and see what's going on, see what he's seeing. I'd like to be right there with him on that see that
1: you know, at Patmos where where you, you wrote the book yes. where you yeah. received the, the revelation yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, speaking about time just makes you wonder um you know how long it took him to. To see all that taking place I mean it's yes. uh it's really interesting but but yes yeah <laughs> I like that because there's um that is kind of the one book that seems to just uh you know have just a million different interpretations so Correct. um yeah. that's sort of like the cheat code let me insert myself in that's right there <laughs> you know, maybe get a grasp of what, what what he's talking about here uh like that um cool so um Uh, maybe let's end this just by telling us, uh, you know, you know, give us the title of the book
0: and how we can get touch with you where we can get the book. Okay. Well, the, the, the book Bible dimensions in the spiritual realm, uh, are heaven angels and God closer than we think. And you can buy it on Amazon, uh, by typing in that or, or my name, even though I think there might be another Jeff Rhodes, it's available in hard in a paperback book. It's available on Kindle. It's available in, in an audio book. And um, you can get a hold of me by r- my email is wellingbooks at gmail.com, wellingbooks at gmail.com. And, um, you know, the, the, the Bible has been, or the Bible Dimension Spiritual Realm has been, you know, I sell uh, a, a few a day. So just praying that if God chooses to bless it, that He would bless it and uh, give us give me an opportunity to to just like this talk about it and i think i think what i'd like to do with this and because you know different people you know um are not as open to dimensions and talking about that kind of stuff but it helps us think from different angles it's like you take these you know these puzzles and you know you You've got, I got these little puzzles right here and you, and, and you know, these little wooden puzzles and they, and you've got to think in different ways to get these things apart and get them back together. And I think sometimes the Bible, I don't want to, you know, you know, you got to stay tethered to the Bible. You got to say to the truth, but sometimes we got to look at things from different angles to, to really see and make things click. And I'm hoping through this book, I get people to look at heaven, time, and a few things a little, a little differently.
1: Yeah, yeah, I loved it, and, and really, with with today's entertainment, um, you mentioned Back to the Future. I mean, we have there's there's not a shortage of books that that or, 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 or media, I should say, not just books um, that, that's covering uh, this topic. So we're kind of seeing it from uh, you know a the, the worldly point of view, and so you know everyone at least I feel like has a concept of of higher dimensions. Um, and uh and, and time and all these kind of things you, you, you bring about it and so I think it's great for as you said someone who's who's not a believer that's just interested in maybe some of these topics um and it's interesting for the for the believer too to kind of um you know dig deep and, and, and think about these things maybe in different ways and, and be a witness right We're supposed to have an answer. Um yes. and so uh you know I, I enjoyed it. Um cool. Uh so thank you uh for for, for being open to really do this and talk about it. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yes. Yep. Um, so if you would just close out in prayer, all right, let's pray. Father, it's by the blood of Jesus Christ that we enter into your presence, and we just thank you for your goodness and your grace, Lord. I pray for your guidance, Lord. Pray that you bless Samuel, and bless these listeners that listen to this, Lord. I pray that you would give us wisdom, humility, Lord. Pray that you give us the opportunity to lead people to Christ, Lord. I do pray for my book that when people would read it, they would hear directly from you, and they would those who don't know you as Savior would come to know you as Savior. Lord, I I thank you for uh, all that you're doing in our lives, Lord, all that you're doing in our world, Lord. I pray that Jesus would be seen, that revival would come to the United States, Lord, and come to to where we are. Pray that it would spread across the world and that Christ would be lifted high, that he would be seen, that he would be served, and he would be worshiped. And it's in his name we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. So thanks again, Jeff.
0: Thanks, Samuel. I appreciate you having me on. It's a good, good to get to know you. All
1: right. Bye. God bless.
0: Thanks.
1: There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed. If you did, make sure to leave us a rating, review, subscribe, like, share this with a friend. Send me an email at theweirdchristianpodcast at gmail.com. And with that being said, we'll catch you on the next one.